It looks like you are all interested in Mahamudra. Mahamudra. Maha means great. And mudra can be translated as seal. So a seal is this uh, stamp uh, people would put on letters you know, to seal them. This is from the king. And here the seal which, which everything is stamped with, everything, is emptiness. So Mahamudra is uh, the great emptiness. Doesn't sound so appealing maybe for some, the word emptiness. So that's something we need to explore, what is actually meant with emptiness. And before the first meditation, I would uh, like to quote Lama Yeshe uh, from another book, not from the one where he gives the teachings on Mahamudra, but uh, from his book, uh, Introduction to Tantra. And the title of this chapter is Fundamental Purity of the Mind fundamental purity of the mind. So when we use mind here, citta in Sanskrit, it also includes the heart. So it's not like a mental thing. Uh, so it is the fundamental purity of the mind-heart, the fundamental purity of consciousness, the fundamental purity of awareness. And he says, according to the Buddhist teachings, no matter how confused or deluded we may be at the moment. Pause. No matter how confused or deluded we may be at the moment. Can you all see that? The confusion in your life, the delusion in your life, the dramas in your life, the traumas in your life, the fears in your life, the grief in your life. Nothing ever fucking works. <laughs> so no matter, no matter how messed up you feel, if you feel good right now, that's very good. Just wait a little. <laughs> then you will again know what he is talking about here. The underlying and essential nature of our being is clear and pure. So that's kind of the paradigm for this, uh, for this course. Uh, not as, or it is like that, and we are, are supposed to believe it, but actually Mahamudra is a practice of uh, touching that, of discovering that. The underlying and essential nature of our being is clear and pure. In the Mahamudra book of Lama Yeshe, he refers to this in a short way. He says the clean, clear nature, clean, clear. So I'm going to use that as a kind of a, as a code word for that, which obviously is beyond words. Yeah, but I mean, if I want to point to that, I need to use 
some words. And I like uh, to honor Lama Yeshe and call the essential nature of our being is clear and pure. I would like to call it the clean, clear nature. The clean, clear nature. And then we will dive deep, more deeply into what that actually means, clean, clear. In the same way that clouds can temporarily obscure but cannot damage the light-giving power of the sun, so too the temporary afflictions of body and mind or confusion anxiety and the suffering they cause can temporarily obscure but cannot destroy or even touch the fundamental clear nature of consciousness. The fundamental clear nature of consciousness. That's the meditation object in Mahamudra. So if, if we all would know well, if we all would be already familiar in a, in a confident way in, in this meditation object, I wouldn't, see, I wouldn't say one word more. Because there's nothing to say about this. So the, the Mahamutra course, the purpose of this Mahamutra course is for those of you who have a sense already what he has pointed out here, to deepen that, experiential, and for those who have no clue, my, like you, I, I hear the you hear the words, and it sounds good, but you you don't know where to go. You're not sure, or you might be doubtful. Is what I experience actually what is being called the fundamental clear nature of of consciousness, is it? Why am I just spacing out? Which is often confused in practitioners. You know, they just space out and they think they meditate on, medi on Mahamudra. Yeah. So it's not spacing out, it's very precise. Unfortunately, it can't be described. It's a big challenge. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's undescribable. It's ungraspable. Dwelling deep within our heart at, and within the hearts of all beings without exception. All beings. Hello, all beings. You see, it's inclusive. It's everyone here. He, he's, he means you. De dwelling deep within our heart and within the hearts of all beings without exception is an inexhaustible source of love and wisdom. An inexhaustible source of love and wisdom. And the ultimate purpose of all spiritual practices, whether they are called Buddhist or not, is to uncover and make contact with this essential pure nature. So that is Mahamudra practice. Yeah? to uncover and make contact with the essential pure nature. Also called Buddha nature. Yeah. Or the emptiness of your mind, the emptiness of consciousness. So tonight, um, after the first meditation, 
I will rush a bit uh, through the pr preliminary practices. Yeah. And uh, you know, quite a lot of you have done the Shamatha and Vipassana course. And that's kind of the foundation of actually being able to do this practice. Yeah. And those who haven't done these courses, uh, or they haven't listened to it, maybe you have uh, received teachings on Shamatha and Vipassana uh, somewhere else, or so that's good, but I also will provide you with that information in a very condensed form. Yeah. Then some of you, or quite a lot of you, they, you did the Shenrezig uh, course yeah, uh, last year or when it was. So that's another foundational practice uh, connected with Mahamudra, the practice of bodhicitta, the awakened heart. So you can see how you know, the courses I taught the last four years or five years, they, they are building up. Uh, to the, I didn't plan it like that, but it just happened uh, like that. So. Uh, they, they create the foundation for um, for actually doing this practice. Uh, it's no problem to uh, you know receive teachings on Mahamudra and you know start to become interested in the preliminary practice by the side. But without them, um, Mahamudra practice uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't bring results. And uh, the, the text we are using uh, is uh, from uh, one of the Panchen Lamas. Um, and I sent it to you, except the people who joined the last two days. But uh, So you can print that text out. And so that, that text is what we will rely upon. It's a text from the 15th century. And it is the, the, the kind of the root text of Mahamudra in the Guluk tradition. I received the transmission uh, of this text from my teacher, Lama Sopa Rinpoche, who gave, about 10 years ago, he gave a Mahamudra retreat for weeks in Australia, and I attended that. Yeah. But I also have received Mahamudra teachings from the different Tibetan lineages, from, from different teachers, because that's really what I... Uh, what I... Um, what I'm most attracted to. In, in the Tibetan tradition, the, the, the investigation into consciousness, awareness of awareness practice, being aware of being, becoming aware of being aware. Okay, so let's uh, take a few, like 10 minutes uh, to um, Settle into this evening, so make yourself comfortable. If you like, you can close your eyes. And then you notice what happens when you pay more attention, attention to your inner life, to what is happening in your experience, what you bring with you. And for that, it is necessary that you slide with your attention or your awareness into the body. 
You can first you know, do the whole body down into the feet and just, you know, just noticing uh, what's the inner weather like, what is here. It might be helpful if you pay some attention lightly on the breath, particularly the in-breath. So you slide with your attention, your awareness into the body with the in-breaths. Just befriending your own energy, welcoming yourself. Even if what is there is not that great, still you welcome yourself like a friend. It's like hugging yourself. with breath and awareness. There's a sense of shifting from the head into the body, from doing to being, just being here. And of course there is thoughts, that's fine, but allow them to become less important, don't emphasize them so much. So instead feel into your belly, into your shoulders. Allow yourself to sit here without any kind of pressure. And then when you notice that you get carried away or entangled in the inner dialogue, make this gentle movement back. Into your hands, into your belly, noticing the breath. Allow yourself to find a place of rest in the midst of your experience, allowing this moment to be what it is. Turning, resting. Maybe it's possible with the out-breaths to release or to relieve some of the struggles, some of the self-improvement projects of trying to get somewhere. So maybe you can release the control freak. And then even if there's a lot of movement still, or you're tired, or bored, or a bit tense, 
possibly you can already appreciate that there is a stillness which arises when we sit quietly together. And you can start to notice the space or the stillness which is surrounding the movement, underlying the movement. Just a simple presence, a field of presence which we share. And then we call upon the lineage of the Gelukkagu Mahamudra tradition, which uh, goes back to India, obviously to the Buddha, but then Nagarjuna, Tilopa, Naropa, Mapa, Milarepa, Kampopa, and then to the Lama Tsongkhapa in the 14th century. And from there, then an unbroken lineage, handed down to Lama Sopa, and then to me. So we call upon the protection and the blessing and the inspiration of this lineage, men and women. And you can imagine how the space between us is filled with the sun of the light of wisdom and compassion, the loving gaze. Like sitting in the sun, in the morning sun, and just warming with your whole body from the toes to the top of your head. And then the lineage dissolves, the blessing, the loving presence, and it gathers in your heart. And you become aware of the inner Buddha, of the inner goddess, radiating spacious love from the source in the depth of your being from the inner Buddha. From the goddess inside. So another meaning of the word Mahamudra is uh, it's uh, the word for your consort in um, in uh, tantric practice so she is also called the mudra or if you're female your your male your male partner so in this uh, this refers to the to the word union and so Mahamudra is, uh, is the experience of non-duality. Yeah. 
when I say words like this, sometimes we have a sense uh, you know, to know what is being talked about. But obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about when I say non-duality, because I can't know non-duality. It's not an object of knowledge. So whenever you have a sense that you understand what is meant by non-duality, it, it is not. I just want to kind of strengthen that point. We are talking about we are not talking about an object of knowledge. It's undescribable, ungraspable. Your conceptual mind will never get it because it's not possible. Yeah. So if there is frustration arising in this in this uh, in the coming weeks, that's very good. What would be not so good is, is when security arises. Ah, yeah. Now I, now I know what it is. Now I have understood. That, that, that's, so if there's doubt and, and confusion, that's much better. It's a much better place in this, in this level of teaching. So as long as you know, as long as you know how to explain non-duality, you have not experienced non-duality. I don't know if you really get that point. <laughs> it took me a few years. It, it took me really a few years. About 20. <laughs> uh, so there's some wind. Um, ah, well you can switch it off. That's good. It's not good because it's the ventilation. So yeah. it's but we have a break in. Okay. So maybe you can open the door a bit. Yeah, we will open. So that is the air very bad already? But it can get without it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can also open that door. So I will bore you a bit tonight. by uh, talking about the preliminary practices. So the preliminary practices are the practices within the Tibetan Buddhist tradition which make us ready to actually have an experience of uh, Mahamudra, of the more profound teachings. And so the text Uh, we are using during this uh, during this course is called the main path of the victors. The main path of the victors. So the victors, yes, that's the awakened people. These are the victors, and uh, so it's about the main path. And it, it's true that 
what is being transmitted within the Tibetan tradition is an experience of the essential pure nature of your mind. And, and the rest is kind of making you ready to have an experience of this. So, but that's like the, the core of the Tibetan Buddhist tradition of, of the four lineages. It's a transmission, a heart-to-heart, -heart, a mind-to-mind -mind transmission from, a, from, a, from the teacher to the student of that experience. And according to, the, uh, to this uh, lineage or to this tradition, this can be done only in relationship. It can be done kind of at home listening to videos or uh, you know, doing profound meditation. I'm not sure if that is true, but that's what is being taught. And definitely I, uh, my own baby experience of Mahamuta comes through through the relationship to teachers. So there is something in, in, in relationship, like because we resonate with each other through our empathic qualities, that something which can't be spoken of can be transmitted on a more subtle level. Yeah? Here, transmitted doesn't mean that the teacher gives you something, it means that through his recognition, uh, it makes it possible for you to, to recognize that in yourself. So it's nothing is given to you. Something is pointed out to you which is always already there. Nobody, you, you don't need to get it somewhere you, you, because you already have it. You can't get what you already have. But it remains unrecognized. Why does it remain unrecognized? Because it is too simple and too close. Now we have this kind of really crazy ideas of what enlightenment is and how it should feel or something like that. And the problem is we have this kind of Hollywood exaggerated ex expectations of what awakening is. So we miss the simplicity and the closeness of the awakened experience because it's not, it's not dramatic. Yeah. So, and that is pointed out to you. And then that's also why it's called sometimes in the Dzogchen tradition, which is pretty much the same. I mean, there's some differences, but the, in the Dzogchen tradition, that is called a pointing out instruction. So, if, no, if you would be ready and there would be a karmic bond between us, like individually, and I would say the essential pure nature of your heart, that could be it. That could be the pointing out instruction. And there wouldn't be any books you need to read or any 100,000 prostration to do or nothing. It is as simple like that. Yeah. So, like, and it can come in, in the most crazy ways. I mean, like, 
this transmission was was given uh, from uh, Tilopa to Naropa uh, by him by Naropa by Tilopa hitting Naropa with a shoe. <laughs> yeah. So and then there was the recognition, and that's it. Then of course you repeat that recognition for short moments again and again and again until it becomes continuous. And that's the rest. The rest of your life is, is is that practice. That's the practice. Recognition of the essential pure nature of your mind for short moments again and again in daily life until it becomes continuous. So the main parts of the Victus, a root text for the precious Geluk Kagi tradition of Mahamudra. So I sent you that text. Uh, so you, if you want, you can print it out. Uh, but I'm not going like line by line. So, um, but maybe it's interesting to kind of look into a boring root text. <laughs> so if you if you want to uh, read something more entertaining and a bit lighter, then I recommend uh, this book by Lama Yeshe. Um which is Lama Yishe's commentary on this text. So whenever a Geluk Lama uh, teaches uh, Mahamudra, he's uh, basing his teachings on this text. So it is a root text for the precious Geluk Kagi tradition of Mahamudra. So why is it called Geluk Kagi? Uh, so there's four major lineages in Tibetan Buddhism, Geluk, Kagi, Nyingma, and Sakya tradition. And they all have versions of this Mahamudra practice, yeah, in different packages, different emphasis. So, but the lineage I mentioned some of the names of the lineage. If I would be a traditional teacher, I would start with the lineage prayer, and I actually would have memorized the lineage back from today through the centuries, name by name. And there would be there's a first for each of the lineage holder, and uh, so then you always trace back the teachings back to the Buddha through the centuries, through India, and then to Tibet, and then to Australia. <laughs> uh, so, but um, the kind of so Nagarjuna, yeah. So then. But then, like, it became uh, <coughs> powerful, or, or what the Tibetans mostly rely upon is the lineage of Tilopa. He was this crazy guy. You know? So Tilo There's a lot of crazy guys. <laughs> There's actually 25 prostitutes in this lineage. So if you do a lineage, uh, a, a, a lineage visualization, where everyone dissolves into you, in this lineage you have 25 prostitutes and uh, people who made weapons and you know, a lot of handymen. So it's, it's a lineage of uh, lay people. It's also carried through monastic traditions, but uh, the 84 Mahasiddhas, which are like this group of uh, you know, crazy practitioners, uh, they, uh, they, they kept this lineage alive. Um, so there, there is Tilopa, Naropa, and then Mapa. And Mapa was the Tibetan. So he tra he was a translator. So he traveled to 
uh, to India and received these teachings from, from Naropa. Uh, yeah, from Naropa. And then his student, um, uh, Mapa's student, was Milarepa. And maybe some of you have heard the name. It's like the super yogi in, in the Tibetan tradition. And then uh, with that, kind of the Kagi tradition started, not with Milarepa, but that's what they base their teachings on. And the Kagu tradition started with it started with a teacher called Gampopa. So and Gampopa was the first one who put this material into text and put it together with the graduate path practices, which in the Geluk tradition is called Lamrim. Yeah. So he put it together into like a system of uh, gradual practice. Until then, Mahamudra was what is called essence Mahamudra. So essence Mahamudra is the same as Tsokchen, if you know what Tsokchen is. So the direct pointing out. No, no ritual, no, no stuff to do. The direct pointing out from a, from a, from a realized master to a student who is ready. Yeah. So that's called essence Mahamudra. And Gampopa brought it into the gradual path system of Buddhism. And from there, I don't know exactly how, there's about 150 years in between, these uh, teachings of Kampopa, the Mahmuta teachings of Kampopa, reached Lama Tsongkhapa. And Lama Tsongkhapa is the founder of the Guluk tradition. He lived in the 14th century. So that's the tradition of the Dalai Lama. So the Dalai Lama is actually only the head of the Guluk tradition. Sometimes it appears like as if he is the boss of all uh, Tibetan Buddhists, but he isn't. He is, he is the, the spiritual head of the Guluk tradition, one of the four traditions. So uh, the root text for the precious Guluk Kagi tradition of Mahamudra. That's why this Guluk Kagi. And it is written by Panchen Losang Chöki Gelsen. Uh, he lived from 1567 to 1662. So that is, uh, uh, that is the text. And the Panchen the Lamas, they have a close relationship with the Dalai Lama. So they kind of educate, uh, so the, uh, like in succession. Yeah? So the Panchen Lama educates the young Dalai Lama and the old Dalai Lama educates the young Panchen Lama. Yeah, so that's the uh, that's this lineage, and the text I sent to you has two parts. Why well, it's uh, it's put together by um, Sven Glenn Svensson, Glenn Svensson, uh, a teacher in the FPMT. So what many uh, Tibetan lamas did was they wrote a very condensed short text, almost cryptic. I mean, you, it doesn't, uh, sometimes it almost doesn't make sense to read it because you don't understand what they are talking about. But it's like, it's, a, it's the condensed version and it's condensed because you memorize it. Yeah. So that, and then, but then you need to be, and then you need to have commentaries on their text. And sometimes the same Lama who wrote, who wrote the root text writes his own commentaries on the root text. So what Glenn did, he mixed these two. So in your in your copy, you will see 
bold writing, which is the root text, and then you will see writing which is not bold, and that is coming from his own commentary on the root text. <coughs> So, now we start the text, and then we have a break. So the text starts with a homage, and that is Indian tradition. And the Tibetans, they copied that to kind of make clear where these teachings come from. And often, even in Sanskrit, as, as uh, uh, Panchen Lama does here in this text. So he, uh, the homage, and... There's different kinds of homage in different texts, and what he uh, pays homage to is Namo Mahamudraya. So it's, I pay homage to Mahamudra, the great seal. Yeah? It, it could be translated, I pay homage to non-duality, or I pay homage to emptiness. And then he continues, so then, I respectfully bow at the feet of my peerless guru. So this is, of course, I don't think we can, maybe I need to talk a bit about, you know, relating to the spiritual teacher. Did I talk about this recently here? Does someone remember? Maybe not. Have, uh, yeah, I have talk, talked talked yeah, yeah. a lot about it, but um, yeah. So it's uh, I mean obviously there's no guru here, so uh, um, yeah, and uh, but I think we need to reflect a bit on that uh, on that. Uh, I, uh, so I feel that um, one can have really experiences of uh, Mahamudra within this context, like you know, an older student sharing his experiences. I, I think that's possible. But uh, in the Tibetan tradition, they are very strong in this point that deep realization is only possible uh, through the relationship to a qualified tantric master. Yeah. But let's put that aside. I think we are all beginners and looking into this and becoming familiar with these practices also makes you ready to meet someone. So, And also you don't fall prey to the charlatans, all these kind of all the people who call themselves non-dual teachers and they make you know, big words and it's all memorized. I mean, everyone can re read a non-dual book and just does parrot talk. Yeah. So, but if you if you have matured yourself as a practitioner, you you will not be uh, attracted to that kind of bullshit, yeah? because you know you, you you know the teachings, and you have had you you have already some taste. So, but. For a Tibetan, of course, uh, the the Lama, uh, the Guru, is like is the essence of the whole package. So it's obvious that uh, uh, Panjim Lama mentions his Guru in the beginning of this text. 
I respectfully bow at the feet of my peerless guru, master of adepts. So adept here is um, the translation for the Sanskrit word siddha. Yeah? So these are the maha siddhas. Yeah? And siddhas are, I mean, siddhis. Uh, siddhis are the kind of magical powers which come through... Um, <coughs> through deep uh, experience and meditation. Um, so the master of, of the adepts, who directly exposed the great seal of Mahamudra. Now a bit of kind of definition of Mahamudra. The all-pervasive nature of everything. The all-pervasive nature of everything. the all-pervasive nature of everything. The invisible, inexpressible, and indestructible sphere of the mind-heart. The indivisible, the indivisible, inexpressible, and indestructible sphere of your mind-heart. Then, in the second verse, he does something which is called the promise to com compose, in his traditional way to start a text. I shall now write down instructions on Mahamudra coming from the Geluk Kagyu tradition of the supreme, supreme adept Dhamma Vajra, that was one of his teachers, Dhamma Vajra, and his spiritual sons, a tradition of excellent instructions, having gathered the essence of the ocean of sutra, tantra, and oral instructions. So you can uh, read it um, uh, to yourself, uh, because you have the text. Um, so... I guess quite often what happens if you read something like this, I mean, I try to read it from a secular Swedish mind. <laughs> I think I have a bit of a sense. <laughs> uh, so... I mean, what is it what you really deeply feel you would bow down to? Like with your whole, like, you know, really down to earth. Not because you should or everyone else is doing it or, yeah, because you feel there is no other option. Is there something like that? And if not, try to find it. <laughs> yeah. And Mahamudra is the practice of finding that. Finding a safe direction in your life. Finding your refuge. 
something you can 100% rely and trust upon, something which will make your, make your death a journey home. So making your death a journey home, that home is worth to be prostrate. I pay homage to that. So, when you read something like that, um, try to kind of translate it into your words so that you feel the, uh, the devotion of the Panchen Lama. And here the devotion to the teacher is not the devotion to, a, uh, to, the, uh, to, the, to the person. The teacher is a, is a symbol for Mahamudra. The, the teacher in the Tibetan tradition is Mahamudra. And so you empower one person to be the Mahamudra for you. This is very difficult because something in us feels I can't trust anyone because everyone wants to have my money. It's a, it must be a business deal. So it's very difficult for us to have that kind of surrender to anyone. No, we, we kind of we want to protect our little shaky heart because it was hurt, and we don't want to let anyone in. Yeah? Or we feel oh, I'm going to figure this out. I'm I have a PhD in psychology. I'm going to figure this out on my own watching YouTube videos and reading the big books about Mahamudra. Yeah. So it's difficult for us. But uh, So even if this is out of question for you, I, I assure you there is something useful in these teachings anyway. Um, because you know, there is useful stuff for the rational mind also in these teachings. So it's not just for the poets here. Yeah? So it's also, I'm also going to talk to the ra rational materialists. So, taking everyone with me. <laughs> Even the rational materialists. <laughs> so you are materialist if you think that brain and consciousness is the same thing. It's bullshit. Uh, and it's good for the Mahamudra practice actually to relax that. You can still, you know, think that and read the books about brain and mindfulness and stuff like that. That's good. Uh, but for the exploration of Mahamudra, it's actually good to uh, kind of leave it as a mystery. Where, where is consciousness? Where is this experience? The, the one you have now. Uh, uh, like a, a, a materialist would say, yeah, it's in the brain. You can see it. There's brain waves. So it's in the brain. It's localized in the brain. You don't get very far in Mahamudra practice when you stick with that image. So if you have that image, which, is, which has, has its values, obviously, try to relax it and try to look freshly at your experience, not relying on a book on consciousness, 800 pages, neuropsychology. But to, to rely on your own looking. Yeah. Kind of just doubting. 
that consciousness is locked in the brain somehow. Just doubting that. So this is uh, this is the homage, yeah. Imagine you have a dream where the most radiant, beautiful being appears, kind of Jesus, Dalai Lama, Tara, in, like in one, the most awful, the most awesome, beautiful side ever. Pure love. Pure love. I mean, you're going down to on your, on your knees. I mean, that's very natural to prostrate. And the beautiful thing, what you prostrate to is yourself. That beautiful radiant being is you. It's not prostrating to, to the person Dalai Lama or something. It's, it's, it's prostrating and confirming the innocent, radiant, free, source of wisdom and love in your own being. That's what this is. This is not like a, something to worship. This is, this is Mahamuta, an icon, iconical, iconic graphical representation of Mahamuta, the union of wisdom and compassion. So, I mentioned the essence Mahamudra, so that's like the essence. Then there's Tantra Mahamudra and then there's Sutra Mahamudra. Like three different ways to practice with Mahamudra. So essence Mahamudra we already have covered. You might have missed it, but uh, <laughs> that was the moment where you could just walk out the room and say, oh, thank you, that's it, what's next? Yeah. What do I do now with my awakened heart? So, in Tantra Mahamudra is uh, is a is Mahamudra practice within the context of highest yoga tantra. So, and what you learn in highest yoga tantra is to access very subtle levels of your mind. Yeah. So there's this cause level of mind, which we all are very familiar with, in a dialogue, the mental images. But then there is the, the more subtle level of mind. You could maybe look, kind of localize it like within the dreamless state. Yeah? And then there's a very, very subtle level of mind, which is Mahamudra, the most subtle level of mind. Well, the experience of Mahamudra is the very subtle level of mind. So 
With Sutra Mahamudra, you work with Sen. It's called Sen in Tibetan. With that kind of messed up thing you are confronted with every day. So you, you use that. In high Yoga Tantra practices, you learn to access more subtle level of minds and you meditate on Mahamudra with that. Yeah. So Tantra Mahamudra is mentioned in this text very shortly, but this is a text uh, of Sutra Mahamudra. Yeah. And of course that's helpful for us because it would about take about 10 years to be able to uh, put this into, into uh, I mean 10 years of practice to put this into a highest yoga tantra context for us so that, so, so that it becomes actually something experiential not just you know blah 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 yeah. so it's good to um, to uh, access this uh, through through sutta mahamudra and then also you know seek out you know tibetan masters who give pointing out instructions in the Dzogchen and mahamudra tradition you know, because uh, you know the essence Mahamudra, you know people get something from it. Yeah. So three outlines. Yeah, so Tibetans are very good in outlines. One, two, three, and so on. First is the preliminaries. Second is the actual practice, and third is the conclusion. So, and that's what we are going to talk about after the break the preliminaries uh, not as kind of saying ah, you should do it now otherwise you can't attend the course or something more like um, more like uh, if you are really drawn to this practice that you also that you understand that to really have a deeper experience of Mahamudra we need to fertilize the field. We need to we need to do some groundwork. Uh, otherwise, it would remain, you know, some 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 little taste, uh, some relief in your life, uh, but not uh, like a, not really like um, uh, awakenings, which uh, would really transform your being. 